You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Ken and Jeff in the studio, back at you, just like last week. No Neil, no Matt. Yeah, we're doing okay though. They they they're having they they had a party and did not invite us. Is yeah. what they're doing exactly yeah. today. So. And, and you know what? That's looking good for them. Because we're okay. having our own party here, isn't that right? That's true. If if you said, would you rather go to a party where you don't have trivia or a party with trivia? I'm always going to say the party with trivia. That's right. And we invited our own guests, which is why that? I don't get invited to a lot of parties anymore. Yeah, that's right. Unless they're trivia parties or trivia murder parties, which are my favorite kind. The best kind. Yeah. But we invited our own guests, and we've got a lot of them today. Uh, first, we want to introduce Jen. She's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, which we greatly appreciate, and she's from Orange County. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Can you give us a little rundown all about you? Sure thing. Uh, I'm Jen. I live in Orange County, California, and I'm a crime and intelligence analyst for a local PD during the day, and uh, I do trivia by night. Oh, I thought you were going to say you solve more crime by night than oh, you do during the day. That, that but just like clever. wearing a mask and jumping from building to building <laughs> with a grappling hook, something like that. Moonlight, vigilante. Yeah, some vigilante justice going mm-hmm. on there. Exactly. Sometimes the computer work just doesn't, you know, satisfy that itch to, to solve crime. Well, you sometimes you just have to take it into your own hands. You're you're at Coffee Conglomerate and they ask you for your name and they put two ends and you only wanted one for your, your gen and you just gotta get your revenge. So That's true. Well, our next guest is Matt Iguchi. He is from Portland, Oregon, also an Oakland Five supporter. Maybe an Oregon Five supporter. We'll see. Um, but we greatly appreciate that. And welcome to the show, Matt. Hey guys. Uh, I'm a pharmacist out here in Portland, Oregon. I would say I also play trivia by night, but haven't been doing much of that in a long time. But yeah, yeah we've been listening to you for a while. Oh, thank, thank you so much for finally joining us. And uh, yeah, maybe once uh, the corona subsides a little bit more, I can get back out there, play some trivia. And it's nice to have an, another Matt on the show. It's I, true. We have an abundance of Matts. Anytime Matt is, you know, Matt the robot is missing, right. we fill his shoes with another Matt. Yes, it's it's weirdly part of his contract. But our host today, Don Puckett, not a robot like Matt, but uh, he's from Portage, Michigan. Welcome to the show, and thank you for writing today's game. Thanks for having me. All right, well, like you said, I'm from Portage, Michigan. I am a technology director for a local 
school. And yeah, I started writing my own trivia during COVID, ran my own games. And uh, yeah, now I get out. We still have trivia around here in Michigan. Thank goodness. So I'm able to get out and play about once a week. That's great. And you're live hosting uh, these days? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully at a, at a uh, board game cafe coming soon. Nice. Very nice. And uh, please uh, let us know when that launches and we'll, we'll be sure to have you back. I will. Okay. I will. Sounds great way great. to spend your time in COVID, Ken. I don't think we did anything nearly as productive. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I didn't. I, I didn't do much at all, to be no. honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're happy to have uh, Jen and Matt competing against us today. And you had a great team name, why don't you tell us what that is? I think we're going to be going as Jen and Juice. Jen and Juice, because Matt's nickname is apparently Juice now. One hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, that's a West Coast thing. So. There you go. And since uh, we're going off the juice vibe, we're going to be team, me and Jeff are going to be team not worth the squeeze because that's what we came <laughs> up with. But before we uh, go up against each other, we got to hear the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. We must the all right, now we know how to play. I think we forgot a little bit, right? But yeah, now we remember. it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, Don, why don't you take it away with question one? We can dig in. All right, here we go. Um, I didn't mention, but I'm a little bit of a Disney junkie, so you might see a little of that in the game, and we're going to start that with the first question in the I'm category cool is Disney princesses. The oldest Disney princesses are Tiana and Cinderella at age 19, but who is the youngest <laughs> at age 14? Okay. Uh, we'll we'll lock in. Okay, I was thinking the brave, the little brave girl, right? Isn't she like pretty young? Isn't she like a child? So Liana, Marita, right? Okay, do you think that, or what are you thinking? I was trying to remember who the princesses are because, like, (laughs) there's a very if Don's a big Disney fan, he's probably like he's going deep. That's very particular about like, no, she's not a princess. So right, well, she uh, is right. Isn't she like a Scottish princess or something? I couldn't remember. Uh, I was thinking Belle because she comes off as like a child prodigy. <laughs> I mean, the entire town thinks she's some kind of savant just because she likes books. <laughs> I think it's because she's not illiterate. But yeah. uh, well, that's my guess. I uh, I don't I don't feel strongly about Belle, so I'm okay with Marita. We'll lock that. Okay. In. Okay. All right. So originally, I was thinking Mulan. Um, cause we know she's pretty young. Um, maybe even Pocahontas historically Pocahontas was pretty young, but Ken wrote down, what about Wreck-It Ralph? And I do think the Vanellope von Schweetz is quite young. So the, the sneaky princess who oh. we kind of forget is a princess. So we locked in with Vanellope von Schweetz. All right. Well, I, in my categorization, she is not a Disney princess. She's a okay. Pixar princess. So Snow White is age 14, so mm. the youngest. Merida is 16, Jasmine's 15, Belle is 17. So all, they're all over the place. We went too deep. Too deep. Dang. And That's just like some 41, level. we also are irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, question two. 
category is Halloween. As Halloween is near and we have an upcoming release of yet another Halloween movie featuring the lovable killer Michael Myers. Michael has done things that no man has done before, all while wearing the mask. What famous actor is this mask based upon? I can lock this in, Jen. Yeah, so this is, I believe, uh, since the first Halloween was kind of low budget, they did not sculpt the mask itself, but they just painted a mask, I believe that was of William Shatner, right? Captain Kirk. So we're going to say William Shatner. Yeah, um, I agree. William Shatner, they painted it white, low budget. (laughs) Yep, that's what I thought too. Yep, that's correct. William Shatner. Yep, they grabbed the Shatner not as cool as John Glenn. Just he's, saying. He's much older than I thought he was. Yeah, too. he's 90. That's insane. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. He's had a lot of work. Oh, I'm sure. So if he, I had Shatner money, good. I would look like I was 12. That's right. 12? <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't need work. You just grab a mask. You can wear that. There you go. Put on his own Shatner mask. Well, if you took like 20 years off me, Ken, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting at. All right. Question three. U.S. presidents. No, it's not uh, Adams. Not Adams, <laughs> as I used as an example before Always. the game began. Yeah. All right. This U.S. president was a classically trained pianist. I'll bleep and, that. <laughs> and played four other instruments, including the saxophone, the clarinet, the accordion, and the violin. However, the tricky part is he never learned to read music. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I I'm yeah. surprised, but I think I got it. Yeah, me too. All right. We're locked in. All right. I have a guess, but... It's not a good one. I thought saxophone Clinton. I know Clinton played the sax, but that's about it. Very famously. Yeah. yeah. On Arsenio Hall. And yeah. the, the Animaniacs. And the Animaniacs theme song, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more, more, most importantly. Um, yeah, I I was thinking the exact same thing, so I'm comfortable with that as well. Should we just do it? Yeah. We can go okay. So... So you get a little bit of a hint with the invention, like the invention of the saxophone. So you can chop off like the first half of. Yeah. So like right? the 1860s, Adolf Sachs, 1880s, something like that. Yeah. So that that's good. And then the other clue that I heard was was. So I don't think it's a living president. So I think that rules out. Ah. The third clue is tricky. So we're going. Are you thinking tricky dick? Tricky dick. Nixon. Nixon. No. Okay. Correct answer. Tricky dick Nixon. Richard I'm Nixon. shocked. But... Oh, good job. Because like his entire presidency was like overshadowed by bad politics and scandal, yeah, and bad policy, yeah. But yeah, like I don't know anything about him personally, so I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah, because I don't. There's nothing to be surprised about. Yeah. All right, you ready for question four? Yes, sir. Everybody's favorite sports. <sighs> Andre Kirilenko's NBA career lasted 18 years. He was born in Ishavik. Where the product, where this product was first manufactured, his jersey number honored this product. What was manufactured there? Looks like Matt was looking a little confident on that. I will be the obligatory sports Matt. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Okay, so these guys are locked in. I, I'm hearing that it's a product with a number associated with it that he wore. Yeah. So it was at 57. Yeah, it was Heinz 57 was the first thing coming to mind. Are there for any me? other products with a very specific number? Uh, WD forty. I don't know where <laughs> don't that's made. I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm. I'm uh, th- that's my best guess. No, I was thinking it was. We're uh, not going to get anything. I was thinking it was Heinz fifty seven. All right, let's go with that. All right. Um, I think I watch the most basketball out of sports. I know so. Obligatory sports, Matt. Um, they used to call him AK forty seven. He's Russian. 
Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the Kalashnikov, yeah. That is correct. It's the AK-47, the uh, Mikhail Kalashnikov. Also good on French fries, the AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where he was uh, born in the town where it was first manufactured. Yeah, that makes sense. I forgot his initials are AK, yeah. All right, category is hip-hop. Soccer is considered the most widely played sport on the planet. Similar to soccer, this number two sport is also more popular outside the U.S. Name the number two played sport on Earth. Uh, Ken wrote something down. Um, that was my initial gut reaction. So and I'm, it also kind of fits the clue. I'm happy to lock it in. So I think we're in. All right, Matt. What do you think here? We're we're Jen and Juice. We should get this hip hop question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of blanking. Uh, How do you I know would... what rugby is? Is that kicking? No, it's it's kind of like <laughs> occasionally. For, for... Okay. Oh, that's a mallet. It has a mallet, right? Um, I don't know. Oh no, rugby is kind of like kind of like American football. Oh okay. Um, so but they don't wear pads, and, and they know how to tackle people without killing each other. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I was thinking actually more like something off kilter, like badminton or something, because China plays a ton of that kind of stuff, and it's it's you know like if it's most popular. I was just thinking a number of people. I know that's really random, but I'm cool with it. It sounds gangster. I guess I guess we'll like that in. A second episode in in a row with a badminton uh, answer. Uh, I think you're on the right track here, going by countries with high population. But I know cricket is insanely popular mm. in India and many other parts of the world. And crickets do hip hop, so we went with cricket. Oh, totally. Correct answer is cricket. And uh, I mean, if we're gonna have a badminton answer, can we just call it sh- the uh, you know mention the word shuttlecock just for fun? Absolutely, we can. <laughs> and after uh, five questions, looks like we at Not Worth the Squeeze have racked up 30 points. Jen and Juice, 20 points. So just a slight lead after five. That's because uh, they're laid back right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they'll, be, they'll come along. I'm, I'm not worried. All right. We're on to question six. And the category is the Muppets. Kermit, Miss Piggy, and Fozzie Bear are probably the most famous Muppets, but only one Muppet has real human hands. What is that Muppet's name? Okay, I know my Muppets uh, fairly well. I think we're locked in. Okay, so my first thought was Animal, the drummer, with like the hands. But yeah, because that, he has But, all but the those might be Muppet hands. Those might <laughs> Dance. You know what I mean? I, 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 feel like I, I feel like I can see a string in my head. Like this okay. question is comedy. This is yeah. Um, is there any other so human-handed first, ones that you? The can first think thing of? that popped into my head randomly was Swedish Chef. Oh, poor but poor. I don't know if I misunderstood the question because then we started talking about real versus Muppet hands, and then I got kind of lost, like because I imagined I like, like a puppet with like actual hands. I think that's a better answer than animal. I'm cool with going with the, the Swedish chef. I can tell you wielding a knife does require more dexterity than, than uh, a Muppet hand could usually. Than a, than a drumstick would uh, require, but yeah, we said the Swedish chef. And you guys have a name for that when they pull it out of their butt, a can or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> a kneel? A kneel. That's we'll a kneel. Call that a kneel. Yeah. We'll that's a perineal. <laughs> Swedish chef is the correct answer. Yes. Nice. One of my favorite Muppets of all time. All right, we're on to number seven. Categories fly with me. I apologize. This might be a little Midwest-based. That is a little hint for you there. But 
um, for you East Coast or West Coasters. If you leave DTW at 8 a.m., head west and land at ORD at 8 a.m., then head south and land at MCO around noon, what three cities have you visited? And we are going to go ahead and lock in here. I think ORD is Chicago. Am I right or wrong? I honestly don't know. The only one that I have maybe an in on is maybe uh, DTW is home cooking with Dawn with Detroit. Okay, I'm cool with that. And then the other one was not MCU. Is it MCU? MCO, I, th- I heard. Okay, <laughs> I was like the Marvel Universe. Marvel, yeah. They were um, MCO, Next Missouri, Michigan, Montgomery. I don't know. Montgomery would fit better because it'd be it would be sort of south. Yeah, I got let's just, better. Let's just yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll just move on. All right. So Detroit, <laughs> Chicago, and Montgomery. Um, we had Detroit initially, which I think now we have confirmed is correct. Right? I believe that is correct. But yeah. we switched it to Dulles, uh, Washington D.C. Um, and then we said Chicago for ORD, yep. and then guessed Miami for the third one. All right. Well. These questions seem a lot easier when you write them, but apparently uh, it's interesting how it works out. But So Detroit is correct for DTW. That is Detroit, Wayne County, DT, Wayne W for Wayne County. And, of course, I figured you guys would be all over the uh, ORD. That is O'Hare, one of the few airports that don't uh, line up at all with the city. And the Based other on one, the orchard it was built on? Yeah. Yep, it's an orchard place where the Douglas C-40 or C-54 plant was located, yep. And the other one doesn't line up at all where, where it's at is MCO, because that is based on McCoy Air Force Base, which is in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Oh, dang. Oh, you guys were close with uh, saying MCU earlier then, because uh, <laughs> Disney pretty much owns Orlando. So, Yeah. Your hints were the times there a little bit. I kind of tried to lead you in there a little bit with how long it would take to get there. It actually takes zero time to get from Detroit to Chicago somehow. Mm-hmm. So, a one-hour flight, and you lose an hour. All right, so we are on to question eight, not video games. Mostly associated with the U.S. military special forces, what does the abbreviation HALO stand for? I have no no jumping off point on this one. Do you have anything? Hemispherical. Atmospherical. Atmospherical. Logistic. Land. <laughs> Overlord. There you go. It's a, it's, it's that literal Halo in the game Halo. Right. We're we're locked in with nothing. The first thing that popped into my head, it, it, for some reason, I was thinking about some kind of like paratrooping or skydiving, but I don't know where that came from. It was kind of just like a thought. Um, the only, I mean, it's all or nothing, but I'm thinking the O in military stuff is usually ordinance. Okay. But land ordinance. I got nothing. All right, so it sounds like two taps on this yep. one. All right, what do we got? All right, so, yeah, sorry, my apologies. Sometimes they seem easier on paper, but um, this is, you almost fell into it when you said uh, jumping in on this one, but it is with to do jumping, and it does have to do with skydiving because it's high altitude, low opening for parachute. Oh, I have heard that before. Oh. High altitude, low opening. But I think I've heard it in the context of Tom Cruise doing it in that jump in Mission Impossible mm. 5. So that the low opening means uh, pulling your chute really low to the ground. Yeah, they jump from really high, sometimes even in like a space helmets, you know, type of thing mm-hmm. with oxygen and the whole nine yards. And they don't open the chutes until the last minute possible. Yeah, as a way to come in like undetected under the radar. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. 
All right, well, let's get something. I don't know. Is it, I forget who the musical guy is, but that's the next category. Musicals. Maybe that'll help. Okay. Your music. That's usually Neil, but I can oh. maybe pull. I can maybe pull one off here. All right, your category is musicals. This musical opened on Broadway in 1991. It features part of a real Huey helicopter as a set piece. What musical is that? Man, did I ever tell you that I love Apocalypse Now the musical? <laughs> I watch that. So I have a guess, and it's probably not a good one because I'm not a musicals person but the only one that would have something with context like a helicopter would be maybe like miss saigon or something and that's a newer musical i think just because that seems old 91 seems newer than miss saigon yeah yeah i was just going from like the the saigon like helicopter because i can only like picture like military helicopters after the halo jump thing (laughs) okay i mean we can do miss saigon because i don't i don't have anything Let's do Miss Saigon then. Oh, shoot. Even though I, even though I feel like that's really old, but I, I'm okay with it. Now, you know, I, I thought it was older too. I think the story's old because it is based on Madame Butterfly, which is like turn of the 20th century. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was older too, but uh, yeah, we the same reason we said Miss Saigon. Did we Correct get it? answer? Correct answer is Miss Saigon. Well done. Yeah, yeah. nice. I won't doubt I, you again. Actually, Matt. just the front part of the Huey <laughs> helicopter. Just the front. They only have the front part. It's all we had the budget for. Lucky yeah. guess. Totally. Yeah, nice. They need Good. the whole thing. Thank goodness. That's where Matt and Neil really are. Is we only had the budget for two of us today. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question 10. Television. 29 of the top 30 most watched broadcasts of all time are Super Bowls. What TV show's finale is the only non-Super Bowl to make this list? We're locked in. My first thought was Seinfeld. That was the first thing that popped in my head, too. Yes. Yeah. I feel like just going with the gut with this one, even though it'll probably be something that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, let's not overthink it. I, I, I'm i comfortable with that. Okay. So we're thinking of a little bit of a less uh, bass-heavy theme song, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I think this is – I have, maybe I just have Vietnam and helicopters on the brain. Uh, although if this was Korea, Korea, yeah, we said mash. It is the uh, where the rumor is that everybody flush their toilets at the same time, and it does involve lots of Huey helicopters. It is mash. Dang! All right, after uh, ten questions in the first round, looks like we have taken the lead at sixty points, but Jen and Juice following right behind at forty. So let's get to the swing round and see how it goes. Swing round, we have. My a fan favorite from my uh, trivia games. Hopefully, it's the same here. And the category is "Does it float?" You're gonna get ten items, and you need to tell me whether or not they indeed float. Just fifty percent, fifty percent guess. And each who uh, who used to do this on late night was that, that Letterman? Was Letterman. Yeah. So surface tension does not come into play here. Just remember that. <laughs> so, does it float? All right, I'm gonna give you ten items. Here they go. A single. Fully ripe banana, unpeeled. A standard cat's eye marble. A single red 2x4 brick Lego piece. A standard uncut fresh pineapple. A 4 fluid ounce standard container of Elmer's glue. An unpeeled fully ripe lime. 
an Apple iPhone 13 Pro Max, a single size 14 traditional Dutch wooden clog, a 1943 United States penny, and your final one is a standard 10-pound bowling ball. All right, time to fill up the bathtub, and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, after some bathroom experimentation, we are back. And uh, Neil's we'll toilet is wrecked. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see if we've figured this out. All right. Our first one was a single, fully ripe banana, unpeeled. Uh, for that one, we said, uh, no, it does not float. We did say float because we figured he said mentioned the peel for a reason. And maybe that's the reason why it does float. I did like to add a little uh, extra words here and there. And some of them didn't mean anything. I think that was one of them. They do indeed float. Okay. <laughs> okay. The next one is a standard cat's eye marble. Uh, we believe marbles are made of pure glass right and i believe that would sink cat's eye might be hollow in the middle though see this is the cleverness well we said no yeah we also said sink yeah i mean they are a little hollow but they are made of glass and they're round and they do sink pretty quick oh okay cool all right the next one is a single red two by four brick lego piece we said yes it floats on this one and uh, we could kind of picture it the hollow side up just kind of floating on the water yeah, we also went with float. It does indeed float. There are Legos that sink, but that was the, uh, I think that was right about the line where they start to sink. That was that one does indeed float. All right, the next one, a standard uncut fresh pineapple. 
Now, now I don't know because the banana was yes, but we we said yes on the pineapple. It floats. Uh, yeah, we had some back and forth, uh, but I think we ultimately went with the sink. Uh, that is yet another fruit that does indeed float. Oh. Yeah, I think I think uh, I heard some conversation about, but they grow on the ground. But you do see them if you're you know trapped on a desert island. I think you can pick up a pineapple out of the ocean every now and then. Gotcha. Okay. All right. The next one is a a four fluid ounce standard container of Elmer's glue. Based on the density, uh, we said no, it will not float. I think for this one, we said it would float. Yeah, we put float. I'm pretty sure I dropped Elmer's glue in <laughs> in water before. <laughs> Dropping some pretty heavy Elmer's glue back in the day. Yeah, that size container with that much surface and uh, inside the container itself, it does indeed float. Because so much air in the container, I think that helps it float. Mm. All right, an unpeeled, fully ripe lime. We say yes, it floats. We agree. Same here. So, yeah, this one's kind of weird. A lemon floats all day long, but a lime, for some odd reason, does not <laughs> float. It sinks. <laughs> Whether you peel it or not, it they so sink weird, to the bottom. Though. I actually spent a lot of time okay. looking at that because like, it was such a weird answer. I'm shocked. All right, the next one is an Apple. A lot of fruit in here. An Apple iPhone 13 Pro Max. Um, the fact that he says Pro Max makes me a little worried because maybe it, it has enough surface area to float, but tell you from previous experience my iphones haven't so we said sink we went with float just because of like the specificity of the model and maybe that's what they've been working on yeah they always like to make it more water resistant so we kind of thought float that's a good way to do it (laughs) yeah i made them oddly specific sometimes for no apparent reason that was another one of those that was uh yeah they sink like a rock ah yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Uh, the eighth one is a single size 14 traditional Dutch wooden clog. I don't Cute know. Dutch blood sound. I think this one is big enough to support its own weight. So we said float. I don't know too much wooden items that don't float. Yeah, we went with float too. That one does indeed float. Even if you fill up with water, it'll still float. All right. Uh, number nine was a 1943 United States penny. Just, just can't picture it floating. No, those were steel pennies, and I'm pretty sure they don't float. But yeah, yeah, we, we went. Sink. We also said sink. Mm-hmm. I was picturing uh, throwing a penny in a fountain, and I just don't see a lot of floating pennies. So that's when we went with that. Yeah, I've never seen a penny float either. Steel, <laughs> copper. So yeah, that did indeed sink. All right, your last one is a standard 10 pound bowling ball. See, this one's interesting because I think the 10 pounds here does matter because I think like a 16 pound bowling ball does sink, but a 10 pound, we guessed floats. Oh, we, we said sink. We figured that was just a freebie. Yeah, there's no freebies here. Uh, 12 <laughs> pound is the difference. At 12 pounds, they kind of float. 12 pounds and under, they, they float and 12 pounds and over, they sink. Dang. So something to do with, you know, what they're made out of and the 10 pounder is just enough to, that they actually float. Following the swing round, uh, we have increased our score to 95, and Jen and Juice has increased their score to 70 points. That's going to go in the Triviality Hall of Fame as one of my top 10 all-time favorite team names. Jen and Juice? Or not worth the squeeze? (laughs) No, Jen and Juice. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, let's uh, dig into round two. Question one of round two is Hometown Heroes. What pharmaceutical company, which happens to be located about two miles from my current location, had the first FDA-approved COVID vaccination. 
All right, we are locked in. Because it's what? It's Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. And Moderna. I was thinking Moderna because they're a newer company and like I don't know where they're from. I think Pfizer is from, like they're based in Europe where their like, headquarters, headquarters is in Europe. So that would, was going to be my guess, but I don't have strong feelings about that. Okay. Um, we can do it. We can do Moderna. I don't know whether Merck made Moderna. I don't know anything about it. But let's just do Moderna. So you guys are going with uh, Moderna? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. We are going to go with Pfizer because I remember it being the first approval, I believe. But though I am Team Moderna, I got the Spike Vax, which is much cooler sounding than all the other names, which I think is what they called their vaccine oh, officially now, right? I don't Spike know. Vax. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going with Pfizer, though. Okay, yeah. Um, we used to joke early on that we could walk outside and get vaccinated because the uh, production facilities, I can almost see it from my house. And it is in Portage, Michigan, although very annoying for us. Everybody said it was from Kalamazoo. That is indeed Pfizer. Ah, sorry, I believe Jen. their headquarters is New Jersey, but their production facility is here in Portage. Hate it when people say that you're from Kalamazoo instead of Portage. Yeah, <laughs> it right? just ruffles my feathers. <laughs> All right, we're uh, question two of round two. B-I-G is the category. While they are not here to pump you up, they are nicknamed Hans and Franz and take up a lot of space. These two land vehicles are the largest on the planet and were built for what U.S. government agency? Yeah, we can lock in. Yeah, I was thinking it's probably something very specific, but also like large, like passenger, maybe. So trains could be... But why would the military want? Or is it? Was it, did he, he say just it? said government agency? He didn't say. Oh, okay. The army, the Marine Corps. Do you want to go army? Okay. Okay, we'll go army. Okay, uh, Jeff had a line on this one. Yeah, it's it's funny because the uh, they've only done an impressive five thousand miles or so between the two of them at a very very slow pace. Um, I think that's because their principal job these days is moving the space shuttle. So we said NASA. Oh, that would make sense. That is correct. Those are the two NASA space crawlers that move the shuttle from the the, the hangar bay to the to the where they uh, blast off. They're so large and they weigh so much that they don't pave the the road they drive on because the gravel just gets crushed to dust every time <laughs> they drive over it. So cool. Yeah, they're pretty impressive. I did get to see these once. I didn't see them in action, but I saw them sitting still. And they look, that's, I guess, probably about the same thing if you watch them in action and sitting still. Not much difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people walk around alongside them to like make sure that they're doing okay. Yeah. And yeah, you'd outstrip their walking pace pretty fast. All right. We're on to question three. Former power couples. This is a long one, so stay with me. Starting with Benifer to describe Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Power couple nicknames took off in the early 2000s. Around 2005, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie became the biggest power couple around. Brad Jolina is technically a misnomer, however, as Brad Pitt's real name is not Brad. He actually shares a legal name with actor Liam Neeson. What is his legal first name? So I have no idea. What, what would Liam Neeson's first name be? I also have no idea. Is he Irish? Am I, Liam I Neeson is Irish. Is a very Irish name. I thought his name was Liam. That is a pretty Irish name. Should we say Liam? 
<laughs> I don't think it's that obvious. No, I don't think so either. Um, I, I really don't know where to go otherwise. John. Okay. John. <laughs> okay. I think it is, I think Liam is short for William or Willem. William sounds fine to me. I, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense, shortening-wise. Okay, let's just go with William. And we're saying John Pitt. Uh, well, one of two is correct, and his legal first name is William. Nice. Nice. Is Liam Neeson's legal first name, William. I had no idea. I thought Liam was generally a name on its own. It's funny, I never really put much stock into names, but when I think of the name William Pitt, he's way less sexy to me. <laughs> it's true. All right, we are on to the fourth question of round two, and the category is who done it. The final scene of the 79-80 season of Dallas was an episode titled A House Divided. It ended with J.R. Ewing being shot twice. One of the most popular cliffhangers of all time. Everyone has heard about it, but few remember the answer to who shot J.R. So the question is, who shot J.R.? Wasn't it Maggie? Maggie Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> I believe she shot Mr. Do you have any idea? Burns, Ken. Do you have any idea here? He wasn't shot. It was a dream all along. I know Dallas did some nonsense, but I can't remember who shot Jr. Peggy. It was Peggy, right? I don't know. I'm just making. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to say Peggy because we haven't seen Dallas. Matt, have you seen Dallas? No, but I know this is famous, and I know I've heard the answer to this before. But I was going to say what Jeff said with like, there's some kind of like meta thing where they retconned it by saying it was a dream. Maybe he shot himself then. What if we say nobody? Because technically, it, it wouldn't be wrong. JR walks into the house, sees a stranger, pulls a gun, and fires. It was himself it was in the mirror. <laughs> I'm, cool. I'm cool with doing nobody, if that's what you feel. Because I have like no frame of reference. For some reason, I keep like picturing Jackie Collins. I don't know. I don't know the names of anybody else. That's, that's the problem. So we would have Nobody to is a good, uh, good hedge answer. I think we should go stick with nobody. All right, we'll hedge. And we're just saying Peggy. <laughs> I guess. Peggy from <laughs> Dallas. All right, there was a whole plot line where he dreamed the whole thing, but I think that was he dreamed his death. I think he died from the shot, and then the, that was a dream, if I remember. Of course, I'm much older than you guys, so I was actually actually alive during this time. But he was shot by his sister-in-law and mistress, Peggy. Kristen Shepard. Damn. <laughs> Not Peggy. All right, here's our fifth question of the second round. Category is, I do what I want. During the Revolutionary War and against the advice of Congress, George Washington ordered his troops to be inoculated against what disease? We're locked in. Yeah, we're good. Pox? Some sort of pox? Do you want to just say, like, flu? Because, like, I know at one point it went through cold period. Okay. The flu? Eh, I don't feel great about it. All right, we can lock that in so we don't stall. Yeah, flu is fine. Uh, yeah, I think the flu vaccine is kind of an uphill battle since it uh, mutates so often. Uh, one of the early vaccines, or I should say inoculations, because it the wasn't first a vaccine. vaccine in, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, smallpox, I believe. Yeah, Edward Jenner. Uh, the correct answer is indeed smallpox. They were just small, so they're easier to inoculate against. Right. <laughs> All right, with that, it brings the scores to 125 um, for not worth the squeeze. We're, we're kind of worth the squeeze today. And uh, Jen and Juice at 80 points. Time to update our Tinder profiles. Mm. Question six of round two is war. 
seems to be kind of the theme today. Um, war is a category. Over two years after the invasion of Poland in 1939, on December 11th, 1941, the U.S. finally declared war on what two countries? Reluctant. No, uh, I don't really, I'm not a big history person, so um, what do you want to say? Would that be like Germany? Ger- Germany and Japan? Or I don't know, I don't know who the second one would be. Like, sounds like we agree on Germany. Pearl Harbor? Uh, I don't know. Sure, we can we can say Germany and Japan. Okay. So I think they declared war on Japan, like, right away. Yeah, I think December 7th or 8th, right after the attack happened. Yeah. So, so a couple days later, they'd probably get their allies, uh, Germany and Italy. Ah. So, yeah, December 7th is Pearl Harbor, and they declared war the next day on Japan. So not until the 11th, after Germany declared war on us, did we declare war on Italy and Germany. All right. Question seven of round two. Category is time after time. The continental U.S. has only four time zones. How many time zones does Russia have? It also is the same number worn by the Polish canon, Sebastian Janikowski, and by the sure-handed Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, we're locked in. So, so Seabass was a kicker, and he was a, he was a raider for a long time. And then Fitz was a, I think he's retired now, but he was Arizona Cardinals receiver. And so my gut tells me two. But my gut's been wrong a lot today, so I don't feel really good about it. Um, but usually kickers have low numbers too, so that kind of confirmation bias there. Um, Us do too. I, I have no idea about sports or Russia's time zone, so I will trust your gut. Uh, sure. Okay. I can't remember if kickers are like quarterbacks where most have their numbers between like 1 and 15. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's definitely lower than 15. Uh, as soon as you said Larry Fitzgerald, though, I was certain that it is 11. That's correct. I really just wrote that question so I could say Polish canon Sebastian Janikowski, who's my all-time favorite kicker, <laughs> Florida State alum. So, yes, the correct answer is indeed 11. He always seemed like he uh, – and I don't know him at all in any way. I've never seen any interviews or anything off the field. But he always just seemed like he was just there to kick and like he didn't care about anything else. Like he just wanted to kick some I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's the, he's the John Daly of kickers is basically what he is. Question eight, round two. The category is before and after. So this is a classic before and after where the first and second answer will combine to make the correct answer. The question is, what is the atomic bombs partner to little boys name? That is a Zack Snyder movie from 2013. <laughs> We're locked in. Yep. Bit of a war buff. Are you done? Yeah, it seems to be coming out, huh? <laughs> Although they seem, the questions are about war, yet you have another way to get to it. Yeah, tangential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that word, whatever that means. Well, is that Watchmen? So the only other Zack Snyder movies I can think of are like Man of Steel and Justice League, off the top of my head. Um, the only reason, like, well, on top of not wanting to talk us out of another answer, um, he said atomic bomb, right? And yes. So, yes. So... Watchmen would make sense in the sense that Dr. Manhattan, atomic bomb, maybe it's like kind of meta. I don't know. I know, but what would be the first thing? Because the first thing would be the first part of the answer, right? Because it leads into each other. Yeah, it's the atomic bomb name first, and then it leads into the and Zack Snyder movie. And then it leads into the Zack Snyder movie. So it would oh, have to be like okay. something Watchmen. It's Fat Boy, and wasn't like a girl's name too, like Big Bertha or 
I don't know what the other bomb's name was. What if it's like the little boy's partner is something man? Because if it's man of steel, that would make sense. Okay. All right. Do you want to do what? Just like fat man of steel? Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with whatever you're good with. Okay. We'll just say fat man of steel, I guess. What a pull. What a pull. Fat man of steel for sure. <laughs> Bravo. It is indeed. Fat man of steel. You got Neil back there? You got Neil back there with you <laughs> making these polls? Dang. I the was reservoir. Well done. All Thanks. right. Question nine of round two. Category is not Tom and Jerry. So Ben and Jerry was founded in 1978 with their first flavor being the super exotic vanilla. Throughout the 90s, their bestseller was chocolate chip cookie dough but taking over the top spot in 2000 and still holding on to it is what flavor Dave Chappelle would definitely approve. All right. Um, so we have selected a Ben and Jerry's flavor that we assume is pretty popular, though we can't really link it to the Dave Chappelle clue, but we're going with it. Okay. I think we have an answer as well. Yeah. All right. So we're going with Cherry Garcia because I always see it. Anywhere I see Ben and Jerry's, I see the Cherry Garcia. Yeah, Jen and I talked about it, and I, like, vaguely remember some, like, weird Dave Chappelle and I think Jim Brewer movie called Half-Baked, so that's what we lock in with. That's it. You got it. I'm pretty sure it's, like, Half-Baked Brownie. What? So what do you got, uh, Don? Another fantastic pull, two in a row there. The correct answer is, indeed, Half-Baked, Dave Chappelle right. movie. All right, question 10, round two. The category is Measure Up. Most people know the Richter scale measures earthquakes. What natural phenomena does the Saffir-Simpson scale measure? All right, we are going to go ahead and lock in. Tsunamis? I don't know if I do. you never heard of this thing. Well, I live in California, so yeah. <laughs> weather doesn't really affect me. <laughs> How would it? Do you want to just do Dorothy 2 tornado? <laughs> sure. I don't know how they measure tornadoes. All right, let's just say tornado. And we went with uh, waves, but we don't know either. Well, actually, the correct answer was spoken, however, not chosen. Uh, tornadoes are use some sort of F, I think. They're like F. I don't know what the F stands for off the top of my head, but uh, this indeed measures hurricanes. Okay. The scorpions would be so disappointed in us, Ken. <laughs> mm, true. Concluding regulation today, uh, Jen and Juice have pulled in an even 100 points. Uh, we're in the lead uh, at not worth the squeeze with 155, but it's not over until the final round. So let's get those categories. All right. Here's your categories for the final round. Infants, toddlers, teens, young adults, and adults. The wagers are now in, and both teams have opted to do 15s all the way down. So we will see how it shakes out. Let's get the questions. Could be a uh, come-from-behind victory. Okay, our first question in the category of infants. Ann Turner, an American mystery novelist of the Brandy O'Bannon series, was the model seen on what food product since 1928? Toddlers? Everyone's favorite toddler, the Rugrats, feature Tommy, Chucky, and the bratty Angelica. One of Tommy's best friends is a twin. What are the rhyming names of these twins? Hopefully Loki doesn't stab one of them. The category of teens. What movie, released in 1984, including in Michigan, was the first movie in theaters with the PG-13 rating? 
It was also rated PG-13 again when its remake was released in 2012. Category of Young Adults. This Dance Mom star, Haribo aficionado, and Nickelodeon actress was the youngest to appear on The Masked Singer donning the T-Rex costume in Season 3. She was also one of Time's most influential people in 2020 and recently came out as part of the LGBTQ community. And your final category is adults. Two things are certain, death and taxes. But which amendment of the U.S. Constitution established the income tax? If you need more help, the math nerds will tell you it's the smallest number with exactly five divisors. All right, we'll think about the answers and we'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All the answers are now in, so let's get the questions one more time and see what the results are going to be. Okay, in the category of infants, Ann Turner, an American mystery novelist of the Brandy O'Bannon series, was the model seen on what food product since 1928? Uh, this one we're pretty sure is uh, Gerber baby food. We think that's the Gerber baby. Oh! And we bet uh, 15 points all the way down. Both teams bet 15 points all the way down. That would make sense with the category. Uh, we went with Little Debbie, though. Little Debbie Cakes. Yeah, one team getting points. That is indeed the Gerber baby. In the question in the category of toddlers, everyone's favorite toddlers, the Rugrats, feature Tommy, Chucky, and the bratty Angelica. One of Tommy's best friends is a twin. What are the rhyming names of these twins? Hopefully Loki doesn't stab one of them. Yeah, uh, we went with Phil and Lil. Yes, we too went with Phil and Lil, and uh, I believe that was not Phil Coulson. Correct, not Phil Coulson, who still lives to this day. Well, we'll Indeed, see. was Phil. Who, who knows? Because they wiped uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. out of the canon, apparently, now after I watched, you know, five or six uh, seasons of that, struggling through it. Really? That's oh, out yeah. of the canon now? That's out of the canon now. <laughs> it's like, Wasted yeet. My life. <laughs> so he correct Phil and Lil was indeed the correct answer. Okay. Category of teens. What movie, released in 1984 nationwide, including in Michigan, was the first movie in theaters with a PG-13 rating. It was also rated PG-13 again when its remake was released in 2012. This was by far the most difficult for us. Um, we know the fact that PG-13 was invented for Indiana Jones' uh, Temple of Doom, but uh, the question stated it was the first movie released nationwide in theaters. And quite frankly, I had no idea from that point. With the category of teens, we went with Stand By Me. Mm, that's good. Uh, we went with uh, Matt had an idea of House of Wax. 
it was redone with Paris. Yeah. It was redone with Paris Hilton and it's a teen movie, teen thriller or teen horror. So that's what we went with house of with house of wax. All right. So I do believe Indiana Jones prompted the creation of the PG 13, but it was still actually PG rated. The first one, your clue whether there was the Michigan clue because the Michigan Wolverines was a clue. And that is red Dawn Wolverines. That was, that was PG 13. Holy shit. That's a, that's an R. That's an R for sure. Today. All right, young adults. This dance mom star, hair bow aficionado, and Nickelodeon actress was the youngest to appear on The Masked Singer, donning the T-Rex costume in season three. She was also one of the Times' most influential people in 2020 and recently came out as part of the LGBTQ plus community. Just fitting as many of these clues together as we could, uh, we ended up with Demi Lovato. Um. So Jen had an in, um, and it sounded familiar to me. So we went with Jojo. Um, I don't know if it needs to be more specific or not. Oh. Yeah, I think you can give me the last name. That'd be great. Yep. Yeah. So I said the last name was Siwa because that, that sounded right to me, but I'm not entirely sure. So that's what I we just went. know it's Jojo. <laughs> Jojo Siwa. It is indeed Jojo Siwa. Oh. Cool. I still don't know who the hell that is, but I don't know. <laughs> That was my. That was written for my daughter. Who the minute she showed up, before she like the minute she spoke a word on uh, the mass singer, she knew who it was. <laughs> Incredible. The kids are crazy daughter. for JoJo Siwa. I remember I was at a mall one time, and there was a line all the way through the mall to see somebody named JoJo Siwa. I'm like, I don't even know who this person is one bit. You're not their demographic, no, I don't think. Yeah, and I don't have I any think I kinda, youngsters, thirty-year-old males. No, I don't <laughs> think that's the demographic there. I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you might get a visit for that. All right, final category. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat? Stand by, and I'll be watching. <laughs> final category is adults. Two things are certain: death and taxes. But which amendment of the U.S. Constitution established the income tax? If you need more help, math nerds will tell you it's the smallest number with exactly five divisors. So and luckily there's a math nerd sitting right across. Yeah, from so it me. turns out we needed the math help. I didn't know it offhand, but I, I figured there's like twenty six, seven amendments, so how hard would it be to work through the math? And uh, we came upon sixteen as our final answer. Oh shoot, that's right. We got kinda tied up and they didn't want to stall any longer, so we, we locked in 12, but I'm pretty sure you're right at 16. Right you are. It is number 16. Everybody's least favorite amendment. That will conclude today's game uh, with with the best name award for sure, but unfortunately <laughs> coming up a little short with 85 points is Jen and Juice, but uh, it turns out we are worth the squeeze today with 170 points. We're today's cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Good job, guys. Congratulations I to think. us. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I hate I, to say it. I don't know how we uh, we did that one. I mean, you and I have both been struggling today, so we just uh, we got lucky, I guess. Yeah. Very well played, though, Jen and Juice. Uh, Jen and Matt, we want to thank you guys for joining us so much today and for being our supporters. Uh, Jen, any final words today? Uh, no, this was fun. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'll give a shout-out to my wonderful husband who let me hog the computer to do this. So... Yeah. Yeah. And just a little behind the scenes, uh, Jen was a last minute Matt replacement. So we appreciate your uh, your participation in in a moment's notice, basically today. You you saved our asses. You save our asses. <laughs> and uh, happy, the other Matt, 
Maddie Gucci, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for your uh, uh, patronage. Uh, any final words today? Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry the other guy's going to be here. Um, huge thanks, Jen, for teaming up with me uh, and Dawn for hosting. Um, and I'll also, I guess, shoot, shout out my wife. She listens to the podcast, too. So It's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matt. You're and listening to the podcast, you mean? Both. Both. <laughs> both the shout out and listening. But uh, Don, thank you very much for writing that excellent game. Uh, great questions today. Lots of nice little hints in there. Um, any uh, shout outs for you? Um, well, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, shout out to my wife and family, three kids, um, and my big group of uh, trivia players who I've been with for a year and a half or so. And they got me where I'm at today. And a huge shout out to Louis, the king of the playtesters on the uh, on the crop. He was uh, instrumental in helping me with this. So, yep. Louis, your thanks. your crown is in the mail. Um, but that will conclude today's game. We Can want... I have a shout out? Okay, what's your shout out? I want to shout out the fact that everybody on this show today was a Patreon supporter. And so thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for making the show possible. Yeah, you That's know what? Neil, you know what? Neil doesn't get the right to uh, to criticize us for forgetting our Patreon plugs when he's gone, <laughs> if he's having a party without us. So no thanks to those guys, Matt and Neil. <laughs> thanks to our guests today. That was Jeff, I'm Ken, and that was Triviality. I don't know if you can provide clarification, but... Are we talking about like are, are number of digits or like actual human hands? Actual human hands. Ooh. Unmuppeted? Un- oh. un- like they're not inside the puppet? Correct. Correct. Unmuppeted? <laughs>